the race of the century. Am I talking about F1? Olympic 100-meter sprint? Le Mans? 24-hour endurance race? Or even some horse race? No. Some horse race? I approve. I am talking about yachts. A regatta boy. What would you say if Australia played the US at cricket or even AFL and the US won? It wouldn't be right, would it? Sail away with us this fortnight as we hear the story of Australia winning the 1983 America's Cup on its 40th anniversary. Was it not a bit ages ago that we would sing Sail Away over and over again? I don't believe so. Anyway. Sail away, sail away. <laughs> sail away. This Thank is you. an anti-Enya podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Cheeky Tales this fortnight. This week, I'm your host, Jean. It sounded like you forgot your name for a minute there. No. Uh, with me Jean. is Aaron. Hello. Listener and sailing extraordinaire. Uh, that's me. I'm a big sailing boy. And the return of the producer. I'm back. He's back. He's back. Welcome back, Sheen. He's back. <laughs> Boo on the wrong name. <laughs> Yay on the Harry Potter reference. Love it. He's back. He's back. My boy. Oh, no. He's back. <laughs> so this fortnight, we have another sporting episode. We oh. haven't had too many sporting episodes. No, we haven't. But are we going to talk about sports? Oh, we're going to talk about sports. It doesn't count. It's not a, a sport. How about a little bit of sport? I'm not going to take that negativity over there, mate, because it's, it's a as, bloody good time to be as, from Brisbane. It's as much. This is as much a sport as darts is a sport. It's a sport because there's like people doing sporty things. I know that you hate sailboats, but I this is a great it. story. I just I hate think it. you'd be surprised how fit you'd have to be to partic- not so much participate in the America's Cup yachts today. Yeah. But back when we're talking about, you had to be pretty damn fit. Yeah, you've got to be fit to be and a ballet strong. dancer as well. Still not a sport. Well, no, yeah, that's okay. dancing. I, I don't agree with but you. There's, <laughs> but there's no World Cup in ballet, is there? No. No. That'd be more interesting than sailing. Concept though, it'd be way more interesting than (laughs) sailing. Balletworldcup.com. You know what, Sean? My intentions are clear from the get-go. I hope by the end of this podcast, your opinion has changed. I hope so too. Because I knew, (laughs) I knew this story was a good story, a good Aussie story. I was a bit so-so on yacht racing. By the time I'd finished writing this, I'm keen to watch the America's Cup. Next year in October when it's on. You're kidding. I really, really kidding. want to touch on this next October no, no. and just see what he says about it. I am not kidding and we'll get to it. Okay. I really want to know if you end up watching it and how interesting you find it. Then I hope when we get to Boxing Day when we're watching the cricket and you're diehard watching the Sydney to Hobart, oh, no, your favourite sport of yacht no. racing. I'm not watching Sydney to Hobart. It's, it's, a, different, it's a different type of yacht racing. All right, let's get into it. Oh, do we want to cover on the sports? You, you kind of I did kind it of mention it. Yeah, we should glossed start. over it. Let's with get into it. Some absolute defecation on uh, boat racing over there. But isn't it a great time to be from Brisbane? Yes. Yes, it is. And why is that, boy? Uh, because my boy's the Lions. Yeah, I love <laughs> AFL. Totally huge fan. Don't question me. I have a jersey. It's not from this year. Um, yeah, Brisbane Lions are in the grand final. Resurgent from the last few years. Well- the last few years they've been pretty good, but before that they were absolute uh, butt. 
for quite a few years. And uh, what about uh, what about that team you got the jersey or the the polo ah, on the from Bronx? Here? Come on, <laughs> up the mighty Broncos! Yeah, after what I'm on board with all of his Broncosdom as it's legitimate as my fandom is of my teams. However, Aaron, I pose this to you: Who's the captain of the Brisbane Lions when they won their last premiership? Oh, when they won their last, yes. Wouldn't that have been Andrew Voss? No. Who was the captain? It was Michael Voss? Oh, whatever. Close oh. enough. I'll give it to him. It's close oh, enough. <laughs> it's only because I saw him last night because <laughs> he was the coach, coach of the- Yeah. Uh, yes. And my favorite yeah. player of the Broncos is Elfenlanger. <laughs> <laughs> Old Elf- Elflanger. No, it's, it's close enough. <laughs> Elfie. Elfie. Frank Langer. No. So, um, yeah, I'm very much uh, bandwagoning the lines at the moment. I'll admit. Uh, thank you for the jersey that you gave me, Sean, because it You're doesn't welcome. fit you anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you know what? It does still fit. Fit. Does it still fit? Yeah. Okay, he just hates the Lions. Jump on the bandwagon. <laughs> Why not? Brisbane team into the grand final. You've got to support them. 20 years since the last 18. Brisbane grand final against the same team. I, know, 20 years, I yeah. was 12 when that happened. Yeah, 2003. Brisbane I was finishing played, high school. Brisbane hmm. played Collingwood in the grand final, and now they're playing them again 20 years later. It's fantastic. Yeah, anyway. As a Collingwood fan, <laughs> this is a difficult- Sean does have teeth, by the way. I, it's a difficult <laughs> Saturday for me next week because I do really love the Lions being a kid in the premiership years in Brisbane and playing junior footy. It was awesome. But I'm still a Collingwood fan, so it'll be a fun Saturday. It's kind of like how it was very hard to watch the Broncos demolish the Warriors last night. Yes. Because the Warriors are everyone's second everyone's team. Everyone's second team. Everybody wants to the watch wor- them get beaten. Warriors aren't your second team. No, the Tigers are. Oh, geez. So it's been a rough- uh, yeah. Why? Yeah, why I are Tigers? A, I just have a thing for Tiger teams. And Orange. Uh, yeah. It's probably because- uh, How are those Bengals doing, boy? Yeah, not great. How about, about them Bengals? How about them Bengals? Joe the Money Burrow not doing <laughs> too well after his monster contract. It's probably because of the sport I grew up around uh, that my family's heavily involved in. Of course. Their, their club is Wildcats hmm. being a Tiger. So I rawr. remember. I remember two years ago we were talking about the Browns and the Bengals. And I specifically remember saying, and this is coming back to be excellent for us. I said, yeah, but the the, the Browns will be okay because Baker Mayfield is the star and Joe Burrow is a turd. And now Baker Mayfield is playing for our team and he's doing yep. all right. Let Baker bake. <laughs> That's my absolute favorite meme. Let Baker bake. Let Baker bake. That's yeah. How do you, have you not heard that? I don't do a lot of like meme stuff. I They've just, been doing it since he was at the Browns. Yeah, but I don't like the Browns. The I have- meme is like him wearing a chef's hat. <laughs> oh, like, let okay. Baker bake. <laughs> it wasn't from one of his ads, was it? No. We'll, we'll revisit it at the end of the season. I don't think he's going to do too well for you, to be honest. I think he's going to lose more games than he wins for you. Ooh, declaring a losing season. Yep. I'm, I'm also know. kind of on that. I'm going to say, no, I don't know. I'm going to say um, Tampa Bay is going to win six at the most. Not playing. Uh, man, we got a really easy schedule. Yeah, I- it's maybe not making playoffs, yeah. but I still think they're going to have a winning record season. I think they're going to have a winning season. I don't think so. I think they've got enough of a team behind them and Todd Bowles' defensive brain. Yeah, that defense is killer. It's going to have a good... I think it's going to be a winning season. It, it won't be anything more than maybe a wild card, maybe, if they're mm. lucky. I think. We'll see. Baker does have a tendency to do this, though. Come out hot. And then fall out the ass. He did look really calm in the pocket last week, though. Yeah, last week was pretty good, but they did only beat the Bears by what seven? Yeah. So I don't know. I 
if let's see how they go against the Eagles. This has very quickly become a sports podcast, yeah. by the way. Well, yeah, it's it a has. sports episode. <laughs> it is a sports episode. Anyway, moving on. Last thing I want to say is up the Broncos. So let's go. That's fair. Up the Bronks. So what is <laughs> the America's Cup anyway? I don't know. Is it a cup made in America? No. Isn't it from England? I guess really it's two things. One, it's the yacht race. And two, it's the actual trophy given to the winner of said yacht race. The race happens every three years and is competed between two yachts from different yacht clubs. The defender, who comes from the yacht club that currently holds the trophy, and another one uh, is from another yacht club that is challenging for the cup. The challenger is decided by a series of races leading up to the match. But that only came about in about 1970, as this was the first time more than one club had challenged for the trophy. The rules for the race have changed over a lot of times over its long history, starting in 1851 when it was known as the RYS 100-pound cup. In Great that name. first race on August 22nd, 16 yachts raced 98 kilometres around the Isle of Man, the winner, a 101-foot schooner that called America. It finished eight minutes ahead of its closest rival. This is also how it got its name. Whereas now the race, or match as it's called, is competed between two yachts and they compete in the best of eight, I think it actually should be seven, the best of seven races. The course is decided by the defender and a number of tracks or routes are available depending on the weather conditions on the day. As well as the rules, the yachts have changed dramatically over the years as well. The America's Cup has caused countries and their yacht clubs to push the envelope of yacht technology. As the winner, America, had the hull of 101 feet or 30 metres and today's yachts, and this is what the official website calls them, AC-75s, they have a whole length of 20 metres. So they're a third smaller. Yes. And in the uh, years we're going to call, it was the era of the 12 metre yachts. Oh, so little boys. Little boys. Right. Oh, just got a little baby yacht. <laughs> oh, look at that little baby little yacht. small yacht. They are described- <laughs> Your yacht is so tiny, bro. Well, I'll, go, I'll get to it at the end, but I'm going to bring up a video at the end and just to have a look at today's ones. Mm. Incredible. They are described as the pinnacle of foil monohull yachts. They are the pinnacle. They are the F1 cars of boats. They are pretty impressive. The foils. They lift them out of the water and can generate so much momentum they can sail four times faster than the wind. Wow. I do remember seeing, I think it was one of the New Zealand ones on Top Gear one time, and that was impressive. Yeah, that's right. When they- yeah. Drove the higher cars when they drove the higher the cars around. The world's fastest car. Yeah. Being a rental car and he raced a, a foil yacht. Mm -hmm. That was a good episode. Mm. Yeah, they're pretty impressive. Um, we'll get to it at the end. I'm going to put a, a uh, give you a link to a video of like a trailer for um, the America's Cup where they're going to show off some of these current foil yachts. And it's ridiculous. Like the hulls don't even touch the water. It's just oil. And then when they turn, they've got like foils on either side. So then the foil comes down and then as they turn, they're still in a foil. And when they're going straight, they're in a foil. Turn the other way, that foil goes down. The other one comes up. It's crazy. Yeah, they're not really boats anymore. No. Yeah, they're just their own thing. Yeah. One of the other main rules of this fierce international competition is the yachts must be designed and built by the country challenging or defending. That has to be completely within the country, um, like citizen of the country, be designed and built. So why is the 1983 race, the race of the century, 
And why am I talking about it today? Well, the America's Cup, the oldest international competition still operating, also has the longest winning streak at 132 years, with the New York Yacht Club defending the cup from 1851 until 1983. And as I said in the opener, it's the 40th anniversary. So today, when the episode released, it is to the date 40 years ago, Australia won. That's pretty impressive that we managed to line up an episode with mm, the anniversary. Did. We actually clicked onto it before it happened and not yeah. two episodes later go, oh, this happened when we had yeah. this episode release. It was a couple of months ago you were telling me you wanted to do this one. Yeah, I actually started writing it out and I got to the point where I was going through the dates and then I lined it up on the calendar and I'm like, oh, we've actually got an episode coming out that day and it's my episode, so. Mm. Have you said how long America had won it for? 132 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 1851 Can you imagine to doing something for that long? 1983. And just consistently winning. Mm-hmm. Like, why do they even keep doing it? Specifically the same Yacht Club. Yacht Club, Not yeah. the country, the New York Yacht Club. It's the yeah. same Yacht Club, yeah. Yeah. Not even like, oh, America has won it. Mm. Just the one club. They don't even... Like, I don't... Has New York won it much recently? I didn't actually look that up. So maybe Sean could look that up when we get towards the end. Looking it up. We'll go to the end when we talk about the after, after the race. So the years before, as I said, before our hero year of 1983, there's 132 years of history. We're not going to dive into all of that. Instead, let's look at Australia's involvement in the lead up. 1962 was Australia's first challenge, headed by Sir Frank Packer, a media magnate. He challenged in his yacht, Gretel. This was the first time in the Cup's history a challenger came from a country other than Canada or Great Britain, and it was the first from a country in the Southern Hemisphere. The result wasn't favourable for the Aussies, losing 4-1, to one. Uh, and that was to America's yacht, Weatherly. But Gretel won this second race, making match one, <clears throat> sorry, making the match won all and only lost the fourth race by 26 seconds. The closeness of this shocked the New York Yacht Club, so much so they immediately changed the rules to ban the use of American design and technology by the Cup Challengers. That's a bit dog. Yeah, so it was still a bit of a thrashing, but it was close in one race and at one point it was one all and that kind of freaked them out so much so they're like, okay, no other countries can use what we've done. Make up your own stuff. Yeah. I mean, it kind of makes sense, but get over yourselves. The New York Yacht Club have not won since their loss in 1983. Well, there you go. Lots of, lots of turnover since 1983. Some really spectacular teams. I thought the New York Yacht Club won it back no. after night. We will get there. Okay. We will get there. It's part of my story. Here's a tidbit for you, boy. Titties. For our new ongoing show us segment. Show tids. Yep. A new ongoing segment, <laughs> yeah, Show you Us Your Tits. I don't like this. That's gross. <laughs> this he doesn't our, even know how that came no, up. This is, this is our new segment. It's an it's a ongoing segment and it's going to come up again. The designer for the Gretel, Australia's boat, and that first challenge? Yep. A. Payne. E. I knew I'd get a mention. Mm, Alan Payne. Oh. Yeah. That was pretty funny. I was going through, I'm like, oh, A. Payne. Spelled the same as your last name, too. Wait. So, yeah, 1962 was the first uh, challenge, 1967. This time, Australia challenged with Dame Patty, named after Dame Patty Menzies, the wife of former Prime Minister Robert Menzies. 
Enzo. Unfortunately, the the Aussies lost to the American yacht Intrepid for to Zippo. Zippo. So Frank Packer returned in 1970 with Gretel 2, again facing off against Intrepid. Not much else changing in the details here, with the Aussies losing 4-1. to one. Also keep in mind for this later, the port trimmer for this challenge was John Bertrand. Okay, John Bertrand. Bon, John Bertrand. John Bertrand. On to the next America's Cup in 1974, a new challenger approached. This time funded by Alan Bond. The Aussies entered Southern Cross, and the Americans had a new yacht as well. Intrepid was defeated by Courageous in the Defender Series. Can you guess the result here, boy? 4 1. 4 zip. Wow. Too Courageous. Southern Cross's designer was. 4 0. So they're not even just winning, they're nope. absolutely pantsing everyone. Correct. Southern Cross's designer was Ben Lexon, another name for you to remember. Lex Luthor, got it. Alan Bond in 1977 won the right to challenge with Australia, also designed by Ben Lexon, and they went head-to-head with American defender Courageous. Again, not a great showing by the Aussies, losing 4-0. Not good. So how many have they won total now? One. We'll get to it. Even though they lost badly in 1977, Australia, the yacht, was back in 1980. After seeing the European yachts in the Challenger Series, some late modifications were made. This did lead to Australia winning the second race against Freedom. However, this was its only win, losing overall 4-1. So there we have it. In the last five American Cup matches with Australia challenging and losing all of them, we only actually won two races in America winning 20. Not a great record. I was trying to think of something mean to say about one of our sporting teams, but can't think of it. Yeah, they are really the uh, what Tigers is this, the Bengals of, in week one. You know, oh, no. Oh. <laughs> so, on to the next topic, the Wizard of Oz. What? The Wizard of Oz. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> I was like, how's that going to come into it? <laughs> <laughs> no. There isn't much to say about Ben Lexon. So, then they got asbestos rain and- <laughs> <laughs> Asbestos snow. That's right. Sorry. There isn't much to say about Ben Lexon. He left the school at the age of 14 and got a locomotive mechanics apprenticeship. Nice. But soon found his attention turning to sailboats. And he designed his first sailboat, the Comet, at age 16. This is a very different life experience than what I have had. To Mm. just be like, I might just go do sailboats now. Mm. Like, I've never even been offered a ride on a sailboat. Oh, really? Yeah, no, there, there really wasn't much to say about his young life. He, um, his parents kind of left him um, and then he was like in a, like a boarding home for boys and went to school for three years and then left. Yeah, right. And then got this apprenticeship, I think, with his grandfather and then yeah, turned away from that and started designing boats when he was 16. And then he, I think he had a couple of designs that end up replacing the, like what was considered normal design for Olympic yacht racing. His design and overtook that as the international standard. Yeah, right. Okay. But yeah, there wasn't much to him. He uh, was a weird dude. Um, Yeah. Quite often the photos I've seen, he's actually wearing like a neck brace or he's got like a jumper tied around his neck. So I don't know if he has like a overstimulation thing for like things touching his neck or something. Mm. And yeah, apparently he was described as a bit of a 
Bit of an eccentric. I'd say he's say. definitely, like, on today's standard, you'd say he was on the spectrum, like, mm. for sure. Well, I mean, a lot of great people are. Mm. A lot of great thinkers are. So what made Alan Bond and Ben Lexon so confident that they had a golden shifter made, which they said they would use to unbolt the cup? Who is Alan Bond, by the way? He's the guy that bankrolled the team, essentially. Yeah, he's paying for everything at the moment. He was a very, uh, he was from, he's from Western Australia, and he was like a businessman. Mm-hmm. Mm. English-born Australian businessman noted for his high profile and often corrupt business dealings. Yeah, didn't he end up going to jail? Uh, possibly, yeah. yeah. This included his central Definitely role. Definitely did, because that is at the end of the episode. Oh. <laughs> he Whoops. was part of the biggest corporate collapse in Australian history, mm. and also his criminal conviction that saw him serve four years in prison. Seven. So is oh, he was sentenced for, for seven. Yeah, and he bankrolled the successful challenge for the 1983 Americas. Come yeah. mm. Just a businessman that decided he wanted to take something off the Americans. He's also mm. the founder of Bond University at the Gold Coast. Ah, the most expensive university in Queensland. It must be nice to have so much money that you're just like, I think I might just um, Make it go into an international oh. boating competition yeah. for multiple years. Yeah. You can have lots of money, but I don't know. There are more important things. Mm. So, yeah, what made them so confident that they actually, like I said, made a golden shifter and said, we're going to use this to unbolt that cup from mm. that clubhouse. They had come up with a revolutionary, revolutionary new design, the winged keel. What's a keel, boy? Oh, I'm glad you asked. I don't know. What's a keel with you? <laughs> it is the main structural member and the backbone of a ship. Sean hated that. I did. I disliked that. It runs long ways along the centre at the bottom. It also sometimes extends downwards in a ridge to increase stability. The winged keel is similar, except for when it extends down into the ridge, it has protrusions either side forming a wing. Again, there'll be photos on the socials. This design increases lift without increasing drag, pretty much creating a hydrofoil. Ben took the design from watching nature, uh, watching seagulls' wings and the pectoral fins of humpback whales. Right. Okay. So, yeah, it wasn't, like I said, there's no formal education in it. He was just observing nature and how, like, the seagulls floated on the wind and how the whales would carve through the seas and went, we're going to take that, put it on our thing. See what happens. Put it on a boat. Yeah. Also, the winged keel of Australia 2, it's upside down. What do you mean? So it's generally. So, as I said, a traditional keel goes to a ridge. So at the top, towards like on the bottom of the hull, it's thicker and it goes down into a thin edge, like a knife. Yeah. The winged keel, it actually goes at the bottom of the hull, it's skinnier to a thicker, bulbous like edge. Thick. With, of course, the two wings on either side, like an upside down T. Right. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, you come down to the hull and then it goes down to a point. Mm. The Australia 2 winged keel actually comes down to the hull and then actually goes out again before. Okay. Before going into yeah. the wings. So it's like upside down. Yeah. yeah. In the lead up to 1983, Ben spent a lot of time in Holland at the Netherlands Ship Model Basin. Wearing those funny wooden shoes. He's talking about clogs in the Netherlands. Do you not know about clogs? I thought they were a Japanese thing. No. No. They're You're a traditional thinking- enclosed wooden shoe. Oh, the enclosed one. I'm not thinking of enclosed ones. Yeah. Oh, you're just thinking of like the Japanese thongs. Yeah. Yeah, right. Which are called clocks, aren't they? No. I don't know. Anyway, did you moving just, on. Did you just hear clogs and went, ah, oh, it must be like that? No. <laughs> clogs are a traditional 
Yeah, right. Yeah. So there's the wooden crock. Kind of. So he's wearing clogs and doing some education. Yeah, he's he's at this model. Probably walking through a tulip field. <laughs> he's at this shit at model base. Being below sea level. Is that all you know about Netherlands? Holland? That's quite uh, a lot of things, can I be honest? Holland and the Netherlands are two different things. Mm, okay. Holland is a place within the Netherlands. It's a region. The Netherlands is the country okay. as a whole. So, yeah, he's at this shit Sorry, model I basin. just said like four things about the Netherlands, about Holland. And he's like, oh, is that all you know? Which Is, is that just- all you know about this country that's not yours? Which is just four like- Four massive things. No, it's just a painting that you know that's like stereotypical Holland, tulip field, windmills, below sea level. Stereotypical thing. You didn't know about clogs. I don't think you could talk smack to me right now. <laughs> so this- Max Verstappen. There you go. There's another one. Okay. You are the Holland- They love orange. Netherlands. Trivia champion. They love orange. The list goes on, boy. Apparently, I'm an expert on the Netherlands. Oh, I can't wait for the next episode all about the history of the Netherlands. <laughs> So this model basin is pretty much a large shed with a wave pool inside where they can make scale models of the yachts to test how these designs cut through the water. So they have like a big long thing and they've got like this, almost like a crane where they make like a one- It's like a wind tunnel, but for boats. For for boats, yeah. It's like one to nine scale and they push it through the water to see how it goes. Mm. You got to understand this design was very unorthodox. Even the people on the team, the sailors and the crew didn't think this would work. Plus, this was done in the utmost of secrecy. This was a risk. If it worked, heroes. If it didn't, they'd be the laughing stock of the sailing world. Are you Googling? Lord, could you type any louder? (laughs) Jesus. I'm definitely not looking up facts about Holland or the Netherlands. The Netherlands. Definitely are. I am not. How dare you? (laughs) Type quieter. (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah, they would be the laughing stock of the sailing world if this didn't work. Maybe it was because of being thrashed for so many years at the hands of the Americans that made them go with such a radical design, but it did take them two years to build out of a factory in Fremantle. Not only was the keel new, but they designed a new sail as well. Ben was kind of experimenting as he was building it. And like I said, after two years, Australia 2 was finished. So secret was the keel. As she left the shed, the bottom of the yacht was completely covered in tarps. It is pretty cool that they had something that was that secretive. It was super secretive. Yeah. Becoming the challenger. Before we continue, would you like to hear some Netherlands facts off the top of your head? Off the top of my head. Did you know (laughs) that Netherlands, that the Dutch men are the tallest in the world? Mm. Mm. That's just something I knew. Off the top of your head. Yeah. Yep. Uh, also, Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, which, as we know, is the capital of Holland. Mm. The Netherlands. The Netherlands has, has over twelve hundred bridges. Wow. Yeah, it's a lot of bridges. A lot of them were fought over in World War Two. That's correct. Rotterdam. Rotterdam is a city in the Netherlands, mm. home of one of the most far- famous barbershops in the world. Did you know that the Dutch consume the most licorice in the world? Mm. Mm. I hate licorice. I'll save some, Well, you're not Dutch then. Save some facts for later. Okay. Becoming the challenger. The team, the skipper, John Bertrand, and the yacht were all off to Newport, Rhode Island. First, they had to win the challenger races, the Louis Vuitton Cup. 
The Louis Vuitton Cup. Yep. Like, yeah. I, I've been talking a lot of smack about rugby union lately and about how uh, how out of Was, touch it is with the common man. Yeah. In this country. Doesn't matter. It it's does so out matter. of touch. The World Cup's- just, Shut up. I think I think yacht racing might take the take the cup from uh, rugby co- union. Well, as we stated at a certain wedding earlier this year, rowing and sailing are in fact the sport of the middle class. Of course, <laughs> yeah. You know, when you're middle class, you just get on a rowboat and off you go. Yep, government funded. Yep, nice. We're, we're at a wedding at the Tawong rowing uh, club. Rowing club. club. Mm. Oh man, <laughs> you're just walking around. Like every person in a photo on the wall is like 108. <laughs> They're just all so old. They have a photo that had an entire team of octogenarians. Yeah, nice. Everybody was over 80 and they were like talking about this and they're like, oh, we're not for profit. And then a bunch of us looked at each other and we said, yeah, because you don't need profit. No. You're yeah. beyond profit. Yeah. yeah. Profit's a, not going to help. Yeah. You're a hobby for rich people. For rich you people. Don't need profit, profit is petty change for you. Yeah. So, yeah, the Louis Vuitton cop. And from early on, it was clear Australia 2 was the real thing. It was going to be a huge threat. Even while in port, Australia's 2 keel remained completely covered. Even had armed guards patrolling around the yacht 24-7. Cool. It was a massive mystery. Constant news reports focusing on why this boat, this 12-metre yacht, was performing so well and blowing the competition out of the water. At one point, Ben decided to sketch the now infamous wing keel on a piece of paper, but not the actual keel on Australia 2, something totally different. And then he made some photocopies at Newport Offshore. He then runs back to the crew office in a panic saying, oh no guys, I've left my sketch in the photocopier. (laughs) That afternoon, there were copies of the fake keel all over Newport. And then the British were adding wings to their keel and so were some others. (laughs) That's pretty smart. So he's, yeah, left a bit of a, uh, what would you call I that? love stuff like this in yeah. sport. Like just being a bit cheeky. A little bit cheeky. Bit cheeky. And it's, and it's funny too because you see some videos like, here's the British, they're putting on their wings to keel and they're sanding it and, you know, fiberglassing, whatever. And you can see a couple of the Australian crew in the background just looking at it laughing like, that's not it. Yeah. And there's like a news report of someone asking, it's like, Asking Ben, the designer, he's like, this is something the Americans drew. Or, this is what your wing keel is. Is that close? And he's like, mm, might be. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> just, I don't know. Yeah, it's just being really cheeky about it. You know who else is cheeky? <laughs> the Dutch. Yeah. Because they, um, they bred go. carrots to be orange. Ooh. Mm. Were they not originally orange? No. Oh, what colour were the, the original carrots? carrots were white, purple, or pale yellow. What? Mm. Like a parsnip? Yeah. Very cheeky to change the colour of a vegetable. <laughs> At the time, Australia 2 had the best record in 12 metre history. 45 wins from 51 starts. 45 from 51? Yep. That's pretty good. In, the, in like the Challenger series. Yeah. That means the Challenger series was theirs. They were off to race America's Liberty for the Cup. By the way, Rhode Island, not a place that I ever imagined myself going. Hmm. I just don't know anything about Rhode Island. Sounds awful. Well, they had the America's Cup there for 132 years. Mm -hmm. Here's another segment of Show Us Your Tids, Boy. One of the other Australian (laughs) yachts competing in the Challenger Series, Challenge 12. This yacht was also designed by Ben Lexon and was actually favoured by John Bertrand initially before he was talked into skippering Australia too. 
She was a fast traditional 12 metre and lacked the winged keel design and may have even been quicker in heavy winds. However, in the Louis Vuitton Cup, she was skippered by John Savage. Wow, really? Correct. So he had possibly my grandfather. Yep. (laughs) And you involved in. Right. No relation. Uh, But this John Savage was actually the owner and founder of the Savage Boatcraft Company that you may have heard of. Definitely haven't. There there is like boats with Savage. If you look up um, Savage Marine, you'll have a bunch of what he's smiling for. I definitely haven't heard of Savage Marine, but what I have heard of (laughs) is the biggest pub in Europe, which (laughs) which is in the Netherlands. The biggest what, sorry? Pub. The biggest pub in yep. Europe. Okay. It's uh, called the Three Gusseters. Sorry. Or tra- the Three Sisters. Yeah. Hmm. I have heard of that. But yeah, so that, was, that was another little <laughs> another little bite for show with your tids. Another little tid. Next heading, boy. High seas to the high court. Okay. So since Australia 2 performed so well, the New York Yacht Club was nervous. Yeah. Could they actually lose the America's Cup? For them, it wasn't so much as a trophy. The event brought a lot of business and money to the area of Newport. Business. If they lost it to the Australians, all that money would move to Western Australia. Because of this concern, they took Australia 2 to court, stating that winged kill design was against the rules of the America's Cup. They went so far as to imply Ben couldn't have come up with it himself because of his Education Because he's a dum-dum. Yep. Wow. How offensive. Only having a few full, few years of formal education. And well, he did kind of look like a bit of a bum. He was often seen barefoot. Yeah. Wore daggy clothes. And was very contrast to the Americans who in the footage I've seen were always wearing like suits and like yeah. nice formal Well, yeah, they're from clothing. a yacht club. Yeah. <laughs> and here's yeah. this guy and there's like these baggy like yeah. rugby jerseys and- yeah, no he shoes. Did, he did look a bit scat, a bit, a bit scraggy. Yeah, the claim was that the Dutch actually designed it. Mm. You knew that because of your facts, right? That's right. I do know a lot about Holland, mm. the Netherlands. <laughs> <laughs> the Americans actually sent people over to that testing facility Ben used to try and get Peter van Uzenen to sign an affidavit stating Ben was the des- Ben wasn't the designer. To which he declined. Yeah, good on him. Even a committee from the cup was sent over to investigate and it was found that there was no substance to the complaint and the yacht was fair and legal and clear to race. Wow. So yeah, pretty much the uh, Americans actually withdrew their complaint and said, may the best yacht win. Yeah, well, because they weren't going to win. Mm-hmm. So. Next title, The Boxing Kangaroo. Oos, oos. 14th of September, 1983. Race. Race one. Oos, oos, your dog. Race one of the America's Cup. It was said the yacht that reached the first market in the first race, um, and we'll have a picture of like the course on the social so you can have an idea. Uh, It was said the, the, the yacht that got to that first market in the first race. Would win. Would win. Got a bit stuck there, boy. I did because my page has actually gone to the next page. So, have we explained how yacht racing works? Not really. 
it's like there's a whole bunch of boys out in the water and you got to go around them a certain way. Yeah. And you just have you just get to them, go around it the right way, go to the next one. You can go however you want, but you just got to go around them. Yeah. So like I said, I'll get a picture on the social. You can look it up. It's like a big triangle and they've got to go into the wind, come out around to like the point of the triangle. Yeah. And then go back up into the wind, go downwind, back up into the wind, go out again, and then back up into the wind again. It's, yeah, a few laps. But. So, yeah, whoever got to that first marker first would win. And Australia, too, had done just that. They got there first, with Liberty right behind. They created history as no foreign boat had ever got to the marker first. Right, That was okay. the first bit of history they created. They rounded the marker and were off, leaving Liberty behind. See ya. Then all of a sudden, bang, the crew said it sounded like an explosion. Control of Australia 2 was gone. They were rudderless. Apparently, some fitting that had just been on the side of this yacht the whole time just let go. Right. That led to Liberty, skippered by Dennis Cooper, to pass Australia 2, and that was it. The race was over. America taking a 1-0 lead. Rip. Race 2, 15th of September. Australia looking to level the series... But unfortunately, at the start of the race, the tang holding the headboard of the mainsail broke, letting Liberty go further ahead, 2-0. This gave the Liberty crew a lot of confidence, even predicting in a press conference that they would win 4-0, maybe 4-1 to have a bit of a safety net. Tensions rose in the Aussie camp, with John demanding Ben go over Australia too, from top to bottom, stern to bow, every bolt, every sail. Every piece of equipment needed to be checked. Maybe port to starboard as well. Port to starboard. And which side's port? That is left. Mm, how do you remember that? No port. No red port left. Who remembers? Jeez, what episode was that from? Like two? Very early. Yep. Race three, 18th September. Fortunes changed for the Aussies. No breakdowns. And with the winged keel design, she was fast. Especially in the stronger winds and into the wind. Australia 2 won by 3 minutes and 14 seconds, which was the biggest margin recorded by a challenger in the Cup's long history, bringing the tally back 2-1 to the US. Right. So they just beat the Americans by the biggest amount in the whole history. Like 3 minutes and 14 seconds. That's quite a lot. That's that's a lot. How long are the races? A couple of hours. Three kilometres. Is that it? Three kilometres? Well, it is now. Right. I don't know what it is then. Not but sure it back seem then. that far at all. But I believe the race went for a couple of hours. Yeah. Like they go out in the early afternoon and by the time the boat's coming back, it's like- Yeah, it's dark. It's dark. So the race course these days is 1.7 nautical miles long or three kilometers. And then between, oh, that's the size. And then bet- uh, nearly 1.5 kilometers wide. That's way smaller than I would It's a small thought. course, Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the video I watched of the current day ones, they've got like overlays on the screen of boundaries and yeah, yeah. Race four, September twentieth. Being a little embarrassed by the race three's result, Dennis Cooper was out to prove a point. He pretty much raced a perfect race, adjusting for the wind shifts immediately, almost predicting when that would happen, which led to Liberty winning by forty three seconds, going three one up, needing only one more win to secure the America's Cup. All of Newport was already partying. The Americans' confidence was an all-time high. They were just about to have another thrashing. Race 5, September 21. The morning of the race, a video message was played to the crew of Australia 2, 
It was Bob Hawke, the then Prime Minister of Australia. He told the crew he's involved in this. He told the crew of Australia he told the crew all of Australia was supporting them and that they had that and what they had done had made the whole nation proud. According to John Bertrand, being recognized by the PM was a big deal. This lifted their spirits. They also selected a symbol to fly on their flag, the boxing kangaroo. Nice. Um, which I believe was the first time like that iconic green flag that we have now was used. Also was selected was a battle song. Want to have a guess of what song they selected as a battle song? A battle song. Mm. This was in the 80s? Mm, is it yes. going to be um, It's going to be ACDC, right? It's Hungry Like the Wolf by Duran Duran. That's right. It was <laughs> Men at Works Down Under. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> I, I was actually thinking that and then I went, I can't remember who that is. It's the so. least battle battle song. Well, I don't know if it was the flag or the song, but it worked. Australia 2 won by 1 minute and 47 seconds, pegging the tally back 3-2. And Australian tourists started flooding into Newport. Australian propaganda was everywhere in the street. And they were partying. Propaganda. Yeah, they were. They had propaganda. (laughs) And they were really making their presence known in town. (laughs) Get ready on the beat here, boy. But even some shirts made and being worn around town said, Beep. The New York Yacht Club, 83. Yeah. Race six. <laughs> Seriously, though. <come. laughs> Race six, 22nd of September. Can't believe you don't find this exciting, Sean. It's like Another- one of Australia's best this- sporting moments. Yeah, this is like one of the best sporting moments in Australia's history. It's just not. This is like the Matildas winning. It's not. It's rich people on boats. It's who's got the most money. Do you know why they're rich, Sean? Because they're better than us. You know what? Bob Hawks. Bob Hawks. This is exactly because he's another rich white guy. Like it's just this is literally just a competition of rich white dudes. But this is exactly <laughs> the opposite of what you just said. It's not the people who had the most money that won. It was the underdogs. It was the Aussies. We didn't have the yeah, most money. Do you have any idea how much it would have cost them to These build the that yacht in the first place? Oh, people, it, Sean. Yeah, it cost them yeah. like it cost them like twenty million dollars. Twenty but, million dollars. Yeah, it had to be Sean. bankrolled by the most lucrative businessman in Australian history. These are poor history. rich people. But this isn't. This is the. This is the. <laughs> <laughs> this is the proof that not money wins. The New York Yacht Club had more money. Entry barrier is so expensive. Yeah, it doesn't, no really long, it doesn't matter that they had less money. They had $20 million to it's get like into It's like being it the, the poorest place. Formula One team. You're still doing pretty yeah. well. Let's talk about like You're rising still- from the ashes underdog stories. You're talking about like soccer players that grow up playing football barefooted in their home country. Ben Lexham was get, barefooted. And they get- He was- <laughs> He only, had three, he only had three years of formal education. What are you saying? Only had three years of formal education. Yeah, you know who okay. else was barefooted? Don't say Jesus. I'll slap you so hard. <laughs> no. oh, don't say anyone from the Netherlands. <laughs> it's all the babies that are home oh, in the Netherlands because they have the highest rate of home birth. <laughs> what a segue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. So race six was another one for the uh, histories first. A big win by the Aussies, winning by three minutes and 25 seconds. What did they win by before? Uh, three minutes and 12 seconds. Ooh, so 14 seconds. Yep. Um, Coming home with a wet sail. The, yes, they definitely were. The largest in the 12-metre era and the first time a challenger had taken it to the full allotment of seven races. Ooh. Australia, too, were on fire. And dare I say, momentum well, I was weren't. with them. They're not going to win if they're on fire. No. It's a lot of water to put it out, though. <laughs> It was three races apiece, and it all comes down to the last race. The New York Yacht Club really, really didn't want to lose. 
Yeah. Wouldn't you? 137 years of winning. And they found a loophole in the rules. Oh, here we go. Liberty was taken out of the water and 450 kilograms were taken out of a ballast. Major changes were made. How is that a loophole in the rules? It's never, it never was done before. Right. And like the, you see in the interviews with the Australian crew, they're like, if we wanted to take our yacht out and make changes for the last race, we wouldn't have been allowed. Yeah. But they were like, yep, they got to do it. Right. Yeah. Never been done before. Mid like series. Mid-race, yeah. Mid-series. Such a dramatic change done to the yacht. Yeah. Race seven, winner takes all. September 26, 1983. The starting gun fires and both yachts take off. Head to head. Quite even at the start of the race, and Australia 2 might just be sticking her nose ahead. But by the time they got to the first marker, Liberty was 29 seconds ahead. Clearly a faster boat than before. They get to the second marker, and Liberty still holds the lead by 45 seconds. And by the third marker, Australia had reeled them in just a little bit, and, but still trailed by 23 seconds. But then they took off and got a lead of almost a minute. Liberty has now extended that lead out to one minute. People gathered by the thousands around Australia to watch, listen to the race, but hope was fading quickly as Liberty held their substantial lead. Not looking good. But it seems at this point, Dennis and Liberty made a mistake. They took a wide berth around the marker and this allows Australia too to make ground. In the downwind section, they closed the gap and by the last marker turn, it was back to even. Then with both yachts sailing into the wind, and now both yachts kind of like angling towards each other as they yeah. sail into the wind, uh, they're on a collision course. And as they cross, Australia 2 is in the lead. Imagine if they'd hit each other and so Oh, I know, that would be crazy. <laughs> in that last leg of the race, John Bertrand and the crew of Australia 2 sailed into the history books winning race seven by 41 seconds and winning the America's Cup four to three. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Oi, oi, oi. It was party time in Australia. Bob Hawke delivered his most famous line, declaring that, <laughs> declaring that day a public holiday, saying, and I quote, I tell you what, any boss who sacks anyone for not turning up today is a bum. Like, was our Prime Minister saying that? Yeah. And Sean's like, oh, it's not even that. Oh, it doesn't matter. It's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> We've got a public holiday for this. Can you imagine anything happening now that would get us a public holiday the next day? Yeah, it was Matilda's winning the World Cup, but that didn't happen. You think we would have got a public holiday for that? Oh, they said they would. He didn't give it a public holiday. It was a joke. They were like, surely it'll be a public holiday. Yeah. And he said, I can't make it a public holiday. I didn't hear that in the story. Maybe the Queensland Premier will give us a public holiday if uh, both the Lions and the Broncos win. I highly doubt that. I mean, we've already got one anyway, but whatever. It's a public oh, yeah, holiday. we do, don't we? <laughs> it's the day after it. <laughs> going to be a lot of hangovers in Brisbane. As the yacht was towed back into dock, Alan Bond was there and he stood up above the crowd and started a chant. Let's see the keel. So they had a whole this whole crowd. Show us your keel. Yep, chanting, let's see the keel. Let's see the keel. And for the first time, it's as Australia so 2... Can you imagine know, at any other point people nope. giving a shit about this? Nope. <laughs> and for the first time, as Australia 2 is hoisted out of the water, no covers around her waist, and the wing keeled is revealed to all for the first time. 
Yeah. That's the first time I've outside of like people in the crew. In front of the worst group of bandwagon fans (laughs) in the history of Australian sport. (laughs) Would have been like thousands of people. It's probably the first boat race that ever. Never heard of anything about sailing ever. And you know what? I would have been there. And these people are the people that had enough money to just take time off work and just just fly to Rhode Island. Fly to Rhode Island to just watch a fucking boat race. They say that I actually, I was at my um, parents for dinner just before and I actually asked like mum and dad, I'm like, do you remember when Australia won the America's Cup? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, where were you? She's like, oh, because uh, it was early morning here. Yeah. She's like, I remember walking down the set of stairs and hearing that we'd won and you know, like it was, it, it was, was a, a party deal, atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. It was a big, it was a yeah, big Yeah, my thing. dad remembers it too. Yeah. The aftermath. I guarantee your dad loved it. No, he hates boat <laughs> racing. He thinks it's the silliest <laughs> sport imaginable. Your mum would have loved it. No. Mum's a Kiwi and she also hates boat racing. I'm so going to ask him next time. Yeah, feel free hey, to Nick. ask them. <laughs> As we are aware, Caroline Turnock is a saint. Caroline she Turnock will, is a saint. Yeah. She'll tell you about the day where she was when Elvis died. But if you ask her about the America's Cup, she'll be like, who gives the rat's bottom? Or she'll be like, that keel. Oh, yeah. Revolutionary. <laughs> yeah. I, I read that when the trophy was taken out of the yacht clubhouse, it was like a funeral. The trophy was... Like placed in a car, in a box, driven away, somber people all standing around and not a sound being made. Yeah, good. Like, they were like very upset. Yeah. The crew with the trophy returned to Australia and the street parade was organised to go from Fremantle to Perth, a stretch of 22 kilometres. Some of the crew were concerned that they'd be travelling down a highway with no one there. However, the entire 22 kilometre stretch was lined with people celebrating them and at the end, at Perth, an estimated 250,000 people were there. Sheesh. Then we have the other side of the coin, Dennis Connor. He said when he headed back to the club, no one wanted to sit with him. Yep. Obviously, a huge weight being the captain who loses for the first time in 132 years. He said he had no money and was working as a carpet salesman. Oh, jeez. Come 1987. Rich people can be assholes, hey? Yep, come 87, Dennis, after seeing multiple countries vowing to win the cup, he announced that his, his intention to challenge for it as well with the San Diego Yacht Club. In early ah, February... San Diego. <laughs> in early of February 1987, the challenger, Stars and Stripes 87, skipped by Dennis, went head-to-head with Kookaburra 3 after winning the 1987 Louis Vuitton Cup. The result, Stars and Stripes 87 winning 4-0, and Dennis Connor winning the trophy back for the US. So he kind of had a bit of a redemption story there. Yeah, but he wasn't going up against the same people. No, he was uh, sailing against a different boat and John Bertram decided he did not want to defend it. He he said- I did what I needed to do. Yeah, he, it was multiple years of his life trying to win it and he said, the fire's gone. This is, yeah. I got to where I wanted to be. Yeah. I have no desire now. I did it. I don't care anymore. But still, it's like this- The passion was gone. I mean, for Dennis, like- he lost for the first time. Like, no one else had ever won it, and he's yeah. the guy that lost it. Yep. So it's a pretty good redemption story for him to come back the following yeah, win it back. and win it back. So in 1985, John Bertram was inducted into the Australian Sports Hall of Fame, and I believe he's alive and well today. Yeah, he's in – I think there's a um, there's an untold about yes, it on Netflix. Alan Bond went on to become one of the richest men in Australia – having like multiple like um, buildings and stuff overseas and before being sentenced to seven years in prison in 1997 for financial crimes and passing away in 2015. Sheesh. 
Bob Hawke, well, he's Bob Hawke, probably one of the most beloved Prime Minister, Australian Prime Ministers, being famous for his bum line and for sculling beers. Yeah, he was doing that till he died too. Yep. He passed away in 2019. And if you go and watch the Netflix doco, Untold, uh, which was very helpful in researching this, you can see him in his last public interview. Mm. Right at the end, um, you see him. He, he looks very old. And, mm. But there, that was his last public interview before passing away. Ben Lexon is one of the most iconic designers in Australia's history. Toyota, sorry, years later, Toyota hired him to design the Tarago, and he tragically passed away only four years after winning the America's Cup. Oh, geez. Yeah. So there's, yeah, go on YouTube. You can look up Ben Lexon's Toyota ad. He's there. Yeah. He designed the Tarago. That was I his- built a yacht, so I must be good at cars. <laughs> Pretty much. Rest in peace, Toyota Tarago, by the way. <laughs> Fail use. It's done. I think the last model was 2016. About that. Yeah. yeah. Australia too. Well, she was for a time in the Australian National Maritime Museum in Sydney from 1991 to 2000 before heading to the Western Australian Maritime Museum in Fremantle. And for the 150th anniversary of the America's Cup in 2001, she was shipped to the Isle of Wight and sailed with the original crew before returning to the museum in Fremantle where she is still on permanent display. That's pretty cool. They just took it down and went, let's put it back in the water. Mm-hmm. And that, boy, is the story of the 1983 America's Cup. The next cup is in October 2024 and is currently being defended by New Zealand with the Challenges races, like the Challenge Race Series, happening right now. Yeah, I saw it being advertised the other day. Yep, and guess who's sponsoring it now? Rolex? You guess the brand of the people, Prada. That's right, oh. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it is bonk. Like, Louis Vuitton was the Challenger series. Yeah. <laughs> and now it's Prada. Someone literally approached Louis Vuitton. I had his name and it's, it's gone now. But And they said, oh, do you want to sponsor this boat racing? Like, yeah, sure. Yeah, That's how. Right. <laughs> yeah. But Ben's design really By did- the way, Sean wants a pair of Gucci loafers. Let's not let that slide. Okay. Mm-hmm. Of which I will pay for with my own money, not yeah, from sure. embezzling $1.9 well, I mean, billion. Get, dollars so if you're going to say if we get offered- um, sponsorship for free Gucci loafers. You're going to deny them because you're going to pay for your own money. Sean's a man of the people. Yes. He will have okay. to. Sean's very common man. Oh, he works. For we his really Gucci need loafers. to push for a Gucci sponsorship now to put test his theory. Thank you very much. I, Come I, on, Gucci. That's how I. That's how I <laughs> sleep at night. I know that every single dollar I make each week is due to something that I'm directly doing. I cannot wait for this guy to turn down his share of sponsorship money. I had a whole conversation with some friends the other day. They were talking about their consultancy jobs. I was like, what the hell do you even do? You consult. You consult. Yeah, they consult. You get paid for your knowledge. Yeah. Ben's design- That's literally any job. Yeah. Speaking of knowledge, Ben's design really did change the landscape of yacht racing. You should see them now. We'll get a video in the link tree. No joke. The yachts today are incredible. Bonkers. Do you, Speaking of- uh, Sponsorships. Do you want to quickly go into oh, what happened? What happened for us? So, got this random follow on the uh, the cheeky tales page. And I was like, oh, that's kind of weird. Tell your friends actually to go follow us at the socials. Yeah, at, at cheeky, cheeky tales, tales pod, pod Twitter, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Yep. X. Um, yep. Yeah. This uh, this person followed us on uh, on Instagram and then got this message. It was like, oh, hey, really love your. Uh, Really love your content. Want to uh, 
give you an offer um, ambassador sunglasses. They uh, they want to they want to get you on board. Give them a message. We'll uh, we'll put you on as a an ambassador partner or something. Okay, this sounds affiliate program or something. Yeah, this sounds a bit dodgy. So I went and messaged the ambassador page, and it's all like automated responses. And uh, they're like, "Oh, you can uh, buy. You'll get some free sunglasses, and all you got to do is post some photos of you wearing them and and talk about where you got them from, and then we'll set you up as an ambassador partner. I'll give you, you can- a code to tell your listeners, and then when they put it in, I know. That. Yeah, okay, yeah. Okay. The people listening don't, Sean. You're looking at Far me, right? Out. Talking okay. with no. your hands. No, that's fine. Explaining. No, that's fine. I'm just going to talk to Aaron. I'm just going to look at Aaron and just completely. <laughs> and they're hey, like, boy, oh, you can you? Um, look into my eyes. You can get uh, seven pairs of sunglasses for free. He's using his hands. You going to get up him? He's describing the events that transpired. <sighs> you mansplained. And so I'm I'm kind of looking into this. I'm like, ah, it seems a bit dodgy. Like, it, you know, it'd be nice to have a real sponsor. And then. I, I put in seven pairs of sunglasses and put in the free code and it's $100 Australian shipping. And I went, yeah, okay, that's a bit dodgy. So I looked up this company and they apparently buy like super cheap sunglasses off like Alibaba and then repackage them and send them as their own. And they do like, this is how they sell them is they reach out to creatives and like people with pages and stuff. And they go, oh, buy these sunglasses. They're free, but they're not free. Anyway, we didn't, uh, we didn't buy any sunglasses. Off the, uh, the absolutely <laughs> not a scam. So that is the story of our first almost sponsorship. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ah, oh, well. we'll Don't buy ambassador sunglasses. No. We, we, this is the opposite of a sponsorship. Cheeky Tower says no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, good story, boy. Thanks, boy. Again, one of, one iconic, like most iconic points of Australian sporting history. Absolutely. Not even just sporting history, Australian history. Yeah, it's good stuff. Sean may not think so, but I do. <laughs> if it's uh, wet your whistle, go check out the Untold story on Netflix. It's, uh, yeah, it is a very good, good documentary. The pretty, Untold series in general is mm, phenomenal. Pretty good to actually, uh, like, see footage because it's not mm. that far back in history that there's no footage of it. Yeah, like there's well, a, it's forty years. Yeah, it's a bunch of stuff that's recorded in yeah. color. Yeah, unlike some of our episodes. Mm. Yeah, but uh, oh yeah, because I I do like watching that film footage of when Saint Olga set off the pigeons. Yeah, pretty crisp for four hundred years ago or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, let's wrap it up. Good stuff. Good episode. Enjoyed it. Sean didn't. That's okay. <laughs> I enjoyed the episode. I just don't like. Sean was biased from the beginning. It's okay. I'm yeah, not Sean talking. I made hot. my intentions. I'm not talking to Sean clear. anyway. Sean came in hot with vinegar on this topic. <laughs> He's like, I'm just going to be snarky. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Good to have you back, Sean. <laughs> Thankfully, he wasn't here for last episode. You'll come to a local rugby union game and rag on like some people wearing some expensive clothes. Trust but you'll me, happily Sean. talk about yacht racing. I'll happily talk about rugby moment. union. I will also rag on it. Like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying this is not an out of touch sport. I just think you can't deny that it's a compelling story. Sean will deny it anyway. <laughs> Anyway, at Cheeky Tales Pod on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, we'll have some images up to help you understand what's going on. Mm-hmm. A picture of the winged keel for sure. And Show next time, keel. next time, an episode on competitive painting, staying with the theme of exciting sports, of course. <laughs> so snarky. <laughs> uh, and uh, please share us with some friends that I don't know like sailboats. Maybe yeah. they like the idea of winning. 
Maybe they like being snarky about topics they don't like. Yeah. They like Australia. If they hate sailboats, this is a good episode too. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, we got, share us We around. got something for everyone in this episode. We've got the people who like the story and Sean. People who hate it. <laughs> anyway, share us around. It is the only way that podcasts grow. Um, and have a fantastic fortnight. Good night, Chiquitos. Good night, all of you out there. And cut. Shut up, Sean. Sweet cheeky tails land. Ta-ta. Oh, he's got a saying. No, it's been cut. <laughs> little bit. Little bit. Olympic 100 meter sprint. Le Mans 24 hour endurance race. Or Le even. Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. That again. Get the race of the century. <laughs> the race of the century. Am I talking about F1? Olympic 100 meter sprint? Le Mans 24 hour race? Endurance race? Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Le Mans. Think, think like Le Mans. Like imagine if it was M O N. Think you're saying lemon, but like a shit head. Le Mans. Imagine Le if, Mans. You, Le Mans. if you, if you okay. just said Le Mans. I'm going to say Le Mans. Yeah. Le Mans.